President Trump announces he's been indicted again, this time by the Department of Justice on seven counts relating to treatment of classified documents. Congressional Republicans claim that Joe Biden was likely bribed by Ukrainian company Burisma while vice president and the Supreme Court moves to the left on racial gerrymandering. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Privacy is a right, not a privilege. Defend your rights at expressvpn.com slash Ben. Well, obviously, insane amount of news today. President Trump apparently has now been indicted on seven criminal charges in this classified documents case. Now, you will recall that this classified documents case actually began in like 2021 because it turned out that President Trump in 2021 had a bunch of documents over at Mar-a-Lago. And those documents were actually requested by the National Archives on May 6th, 2021. They alerted Trump that it was seeking approximately two dozen boxes of records be returned to it as required by the Presidential Records Act, according to Ryan Saavedra of Daily Wire. The National Archives warned Trump in late 2021 they could escalate the issue to prosecutors or Congress if he continued to refuse to hand over the documents. He was also then warned by former Trump White House lawyer Eric Hirschman he could face serious legal jeopardy if he did not comply. In January 2022, about 15 of those boxes were returned, at which time officials discovered there were hundreds of pages of classified material in the boxes. And then federal law enforcement was notified of the discovery. And then they came to believe there were more materials that had not been returned. And then in May 2022, a federal grand jury issued a subpoena seeking additional classified documents. A few weeks later, the DOJ decided to raid Mar-a-Lago. Trump's legal team signed a written statement claiming that all the classified material had then been returned. On August 8th, the FBI executed a search warrant on the property and recovered more classified material. Okay, so that is the sequence of events leading up to all of this. Now, let it be stated up front that the treatment of classified material by various public officials is extremely messy. So among the public officials that we know have had classified material in a place they weren't supposed to have that classified material, that'd be like Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Mike Pence, Donald Trump. The only one of those four people who had the power to summarily declassify if he had gone through any sort of procedure with regard to declassification was President Trump. The president can summarily declassify anything. He's the head of the executive branch. None of those other characters were able to declassify anything. So that's number one. Number two, why exactly was Trump holding these classified materials in the first place? So all the theories at the time when this news broke back in 2022 is that it must have been because Trump was seeking to pass them off to the Russians. He was seeking to pass them off to the Chinese. There was some sort of nefarious evil plan by Donald Trump to do something with the documents. He was going to hand the nuclear codes over to Xi Jinping. He was going to make sure that Vladimir Putin knew exactly where our nuclear submarines were or something like that. And then, as it turns out, according to pretty much everybody who has testified in this case, apparently, Donald Trump just decided to hold on to documents because, wait for it, Donald Trump just wanted to hold on to documents, which only fits with everything we know about the man, right? Whatever you say about Trump, Trump is a willful human being who likes to do the things that he likes to do. And this is true in literally every area of his life. So the likely thing that happened is he left the White House and he's like, hey, look, it's a letter. Kim Jong-un, Kim signed it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it. And so he brought it. And that was the end of the story. And then the National Archives is like, can we have the letter? He's like, I don't know where it is. Who knows? And that's pretty much the extent of it. Now, is that a national security threat to the extent that the former president of the United States and the current Republican frontrunner for the nomination ought to be indicted on criminal charges? Uh, no. The answer is no. And the reason the answer is no is because we have the disparate treatment of those other public officials, including most egregiously Hillary Clinton. Well, look at what Hillary Clinton actually did because it's actually relevant in this context that the FBI and the DOJ decided not to prosecute Hillary Clinton for her activities surrounding taking home classified documents and loading them up onto an unclassified server, a secret private server that she kept in her bathroom. 
And then she actually ended up using BleachBit to clean the documents when it became clear that she was suspected of holding those documents. And then those classified documents ended up on the very not classified computer of a pervert named Anthony Weiner, who's Huma Abedin's husband. Hillary and Huma were very close. She was her top aide. And those documents ended up on Anthony Weiner's computer where he was 16, 15 year old. And she still didn't get prosecuted. I mean, it's hard to think of looser use of classified material than it ends up on Anthony Weiner's computer next to Anthony's Weiner. That is, that is very difficult to think of Donald Trump doing anything that is remotely as sloppy as that. Okay, but here is what we know right now about the indictment. Trump himself disclosed the indictment, according to CNBC, in a series of posts on his Truth Social media site on Thursday evening. He also said he was summoned to appear in court in Miami next week on Tuesday. NBC News soon after confirmed the indictment. It's the second time in recent months that Trump has been criminally charged. Of course, he's still under criminal investigation by the DOJ and a Georgia state prosecutor for his efforts to reverse his loss to President Biden in the 2020 election in the state of Georgia. So that is the third case that is outstanding against Trump. That one has yet to be decided by a Georgia grand jury. Unclear exactly what's going to happen in that particular case. That's the one about him calling up Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state of Georgia, and saying, I just need 12,000 votes. That, That routine. Okay, so we have three cases. We have the Alvin Bragg case in Manhattan, which is clearly a put-up job. That is the DA of Manhattan trying to make a name for himself. You wouldn't know Alvin Bragg's name other than he lets criminals out of prison, except that he decided to prosecute President Trump on the basis of some sort of bizarre campaign finance case that is such a stretch that even the New York Times is like, uh, that probably is not prosecutable. Then you have this case. And this one, we are being told, is serious as a heart attack. This is a super-duper serious case. So what exactly does this case constitute? Well, right now, The indictment is sealed, so the charges are not fully public. But Trump's attorney, James Trusty, said that the charges include false statements, conspiracy to obstruct and willfully retaining documents in violation of the Espionage Act. Now, suggesting that he is violating the Espionage Act does not mean that they suspect that Donald Trump is actually like a traitor and that he's going to be hanged or something. What that means is that there are provisions of the Espionage Act that relate to the treatment of classified materials and obstruction of justice. The charges carry a maximum penalty of 20 years in prison if Trump is convicted, though the actual sentence would likely be lower because of federal sentencing guidelines. Trump, of course, is the only U.S. president ever to be criminally charged under any circumstances. Okay, so we're going to go through the details of the charges in just one second, what we actually know. First, you know, this show, very political show. A lot of advertisers are very scared of advertising on shows that don't have the imprimatur of BlackRock and the and, and like. That is not true of our friends over at Pure Talk, which is why they are the official wireless partner of The Daily Wire. Pure Talk shares my values as well as the values of our other hosts. That's not the only reason we recommend that you use Pure Talk for your cellular coverage. We check the coverage. It is premium. Pure Talk is the most dependable 5G network in the United States. I use it myself. All my business calls are taken via Pure Talk. They have the same 5G network as one of the big guys. So you are spending less money and you are giving that money to a company that doesn't hate your guts. And the coverage is just as reliable. Mix and match your plans to fit every person in your family. Choose from talk, text, and 5G data for just 20 bucks a month, all the way up to unlimited data with mobile hotspot for $55 a month. Remember, you vote with how you spend your money. So stop supporting woke wireless companies that don't support you and switch on over to Pure Talk today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to save an additional 50% off your very first month of coverage. That's puretalk.com slash Shapiro. Pure Talk is wireless for Americans by Americans. Go check them out right now. puretalk.com slash Shapiro. We'll get to more on this in just one moment. First, we all know the first thing we do when we get home from work is change out of those work clothes and Jump into loungewear. Well, luckily for me, I have Tommy John to come home to as I slip into my Tommy John loungewear set. I'm immediately enveloped in a cocoon of supreme softness and unparalleled comfort. Not only is their loungewear cozy enough to use as sleepwear, well, if I have to walk to the park with my kids, I don't look like a schlub. And guys, you might be wondering how these things can get any better. Their underwear 
is the best. I've been talking about this for years. If you haven't tried them, you're missing out. I took all the other underwear I had. I threw them out. I only wear Tommy John's. Tommy John's stylish and soft second skin underwear has dozens of comfort innovations, like a supportable contour pouch, a breathable light wick, moisture wicking fabric with four times the stretch of competing brands. Plus, Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee protects your most valuable assets. So what exactly are you waiting for? Try Tommy John today. You can thank me later. For silky soft comfort with sophisticated style, check out Tommy John's luxurious second skin limited edition colors right now at tommyjohn.com slash Ben. They're going fast, so hurry to tommyjohn.com slash Ben. Okay, so again, the classified document charges, they range from obstruction of justice, which which that would presumably be Trump telling his team to take the documents and move them from one room into another room when the FBI originally came to search. It might include statements that his lawyers made to the authority suggesting that he'd already turned over all of the classified documents. And then it turns out he had not actually turned over all of the classified documents. According to ABC News, federal investigators have seized more than 100 documents with classified markings during the search, according to an unsealed detailed inventory list. From Trump's office alone, there were 43 empty folders seized that had classified banners on them. You remember the FBI did the wonderfully classified thing of then taking pictures of all of those folders on the floor and then revealing that to the public, which definitely leads to the impression that they are not political in any way, is when you take some of the evidence and you spread it out on the floor and then you take photos of it and release it to the media. The property inventory list also showed that agents gathered more than 11,000 documents or photographs without classification markings, all of which were described as property of the United States government. Annie McCarthy over at National Review has a good rundown on what he thinks the charges are at this point. He says, the most notable thing I've seen is that in charging Trump with an Espionage Act offense, prosecutors are relying on a provision that criminalizes willful violation of the rules that government officials are required to follow in handling national defense intelligence. And as McCarthy says, the reason that they are doing this is because if they say that he accidentally mishandled classified information, then we're all going to ask the obvious question. Why isn't Joe Biden being prosecuted? Why wasn't Mike Pence prosecuted? Why wasn't Hillary Clinton prosecuted? And so they're going out of their way to say that unlike these others who are just sort of in the dark, oopsie daisy, a classified document was in Joe Biden's Corvette. Donald Trump was willfully and maliciously hiding this material. That's why they're going after the intent. Now, intent for Trump, as I've said before, is the hardest thing to prove in any criminal case about President Trump because Trump does not have intent beyond the next 0.5 seconds. That may be an overstatement of um, the amount of time that he has intent for. It may be 0.2 seconds. Donald Trump intends to do the thing that is right in front of him. And then as soon as it is not in front of him, he no longer intends to do it, which is why he shifts political positions pretty easily. And he will attack a person who he was best friends with five seconds ago. So proving willful intent on the part of Trump in any of these cases is very, very difficult, like just as a prosecutorial matter. But as McCarthy says, this seems like an obvious effort to distinguish Trump's alleged crime from President Biden's mishandling of classified documents, which the White House and the media Democratic complex have described as inadvertent, the result of sloppy staff work, not willfulness. What intrigues me about the allegation is that it takes two to tangle when it comes to the obstruction of justice charge, because they're charging him not with just obstruction, but conspiracy to obstruct justice, which means that there has to be more than one person who obstructed justice. Right? Conspiracy, by its very nature, requires more than one person. Unclear because we don't have the indictment in front of us. What exactly is in the charges? Again, we are only operating off of the leaked info at this point, which could turn out to be largely true, or it could turn out to be that there's more evidence than stated. However, I will say that in the past, whenever we have said, well, maybe there'll be more evidence to come, it seems like it doesn't generally happen. Right? The Mueller report was like, oh my gosh, the other shoe is going to drop. And it turns out there were no shoes to drop. Seal dossier. Oh, maybe there's other shoes. Nope, nope, there are no, there are no shoes. Alvin Bragg in Manhattan. Maybe he has lots of, nope, there are no shoes. Fresh out of shoes. Trump is also said to be charged, according to Annie McCarthy, with making false statements 
One theory the special counsel appears to be pressing is that Trump is responsible for a false sworn statement his lawyers conveyed to the FBI on June 3rd, 2022. At that time, the lawyers represented that a thorough search of Mar-a-Lago had been conducted already and that the 38 documents bearing classification markings that they were surrendering were the only ones in Trump's possession. After that point, the government continued to investigate and developed evidence that Trump was still hoarding documents that were marked classified. As a result, prosecutors sought and obtained that search warrant that we talked about, and that is when they raided Mar-a-Lago in August of 2022. Under the federal aiding and abetting statute, a principal is responsible for the criminal acts of his agents, including false statements. If he told his lawyers, go lie to the go lie to the FBI about the classified documents, tell them we turned everything over, even if we didn't, then theoretically he could be charged with that, right? That is that is one of the things that they're talking about charging him with. Now, it is also unclear whether the documents that were found were quote unquote marked classified, or maybe he thought he had already declassified them. Right? It's unclear. Right? Trump has said before that by the very nature of me taking them home, they were declassified. Now, again, on a legal level, is that enough? Is it sort of like Michael Scott running into the middle of the office and shouting, I declare bankruptcy and bankruptcy has been declared. Is that how you declassify things? Typically not, but that has to be litigated out, presumably. Most interesting are reports that Trump is charged with willfully retaining national defense information. We can't be sure until we've seen the indictment, says Andy McCarthy. This appears to refer to subsection D of the Espionage Act. In pertinent part, that section says, quote, Whoever lawfully having possession of, access to, control over, or being entrusted with any document relating to the national defense or information relating to the national defense, which information the possessor has reason to believe could be used to the injury of the United States or to the advantage of any foreign nation, willfully retains the same and fails to deliver it on demand to the officer or employee of the United States entitled to receive it, is guilty of a crime punishable by up to 10 years imprisonment. Subsection D sets forth a more serious offense than the provision that usually applies to government officials who mishandle, who mishandle classified information. The, the problem, of course, is that uh, subsection F, which is one of the other subsections that they're considering, which is substantially broader and easier to convict, would also convict President Biden. As McCarthy says, the strategy of the Biden administration and its special counsel seems to be, one, alleged Trump committed a willful offense that puts him in a different, more egregious category from Biden's conduct, and two, pretend in connection with Biden that it is not a felony for government officials to be grossly negligent in mishandling classified information. Now, again, the, the line between grossly negligent and mishandling classified information and like full-scale willful in mishandling classified information, that's a really dicey line, as we're going to talk about when we get to Hillary Clinton and the fact that these cases are very, very comparable. Hillary Clinton was overtly not prosecuted in 2016 by the Comey FBI and the Eric Holder DOJ or the Loretta Lynch DOJ at the time. And yet, Trump is now apparently being prosecuted. Trump, for his part, has released a statement. He says, the corrupt Biden administration has informed my attorneys I've been indicted, seemingly over the boxes hoax, even though Joe Biden has 1,850 boxes at the University of Delaware, additional boxes in Chinatown, D.C., with even more boxes at the University of Pennsylvania, and documents strewn all over his garage floor where he parks his Corvette, and which is secured only by a garage door that is paper thin and open much of the time. I've been summoned to appear at the federal courthouse in Miami Tuesday, 3 p.m. I never thought it could be possible that such a thing could happen to a former president of the United States who received far more votes than any sitting president in the history of our country and is currently leading by far all candidates, both Democrat and Republican, in the polls of the 2024 presidential election. I am an innocent man, all capital letters. Elon Musk, for his part, responded immediately to this, saying, there does seem to be a far higher interest in pursuing Trump compared to other people in politics. Very important the justice system rebut what appears to be a differential enforcement or they will lose public trust. Well, yeah, I mean, that is the understatement of the century. So we'll get to President Trump's video statement in just a second. We'll compare this to Hillary Clinton's case, which again, the notion that the DOJ is operating on the basis of some sort of objective determination of the law here is pretty absurd. First, we have a dog. Our dog's name is Happy. 
and happy right now. He's learning to run off the leash. We have some video of him. We sent him to the trainer for a couple of weeks while we integrate new baby into our lives. And happy's a happy dog. He came home for the weekend. Our kids love him. He's great. Because we want him to remain happy and healthy, this is why we give him rough greens every morning. The dog food you've been giving to your dog, well, it's dead. I mean, look at it. It's, it's brown and, and dry and terrible. But rough greens boost happy's food back to life. It can do the same for your dog. You don't have to go out and buy that new dog food. Just sprinkle rough greens on their food every day. It contains all the necessary vitamins and minerals your dog is not getting from their regular dog food. Happy loves it. He eats it up. Rough Greens is the only supplement your dog will ask for by name. Rough Rough Greens. Get it? It's, it's a joke. Naturopathic doctor Dennis Black, the founder of Rough Greens, is so confident this product will improve your dog's health. He's offering my listeners a free Jumpstart trial bag. Go to freeroughgreens.com slash Ben. Let Rough Greens bring your dog's food back to life. That's free, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Ben today. Or call 833-MY-DOG-33. That's 833-MY-DOG-33. Make your dog as happy as my dog happy actually is. Go to 833-MY-DOG-33. Okay, so President Trump then uh, responded on video, and here is uh, what he said. We were doing so well. We were respected all over the world. Get the biggest tax cuts in history, biggest regulation cuts in history. And what do you do? You have a president where an election was taken, got more votes than any sitting president in history by far, never anything even close. And they come after me because now we're leading in the polls again by a lot against Biden and against the Republicans by a lot. But we're leading against Biden by a lot, a tremendous amount. And we went up to a level that they figured the way they're going to stop us is by using what's called warfare. And that's what it is. This is warfare for the law. And we can't let it happen. We can't let it happen. Our country is going to hell. And they come after Donald Trump weaponizing the Justice Department, weaponizing the FBI. We can't let this continue to go on because it's ripping our country to shreds. Okay, he's not wrong about this. He is not. Okay, the fact that we have had a long history in this country of not prosecuting the party, uh, the president of the former party when he was in, when he's not in power anymore. That's a good thing. And if you look at countries where people are routinely prosecuted after leaving office, these are not really great places to live. And Joe Biden, he better get his ass ready because here's the reality. Now that this glass has been broken, this is going to be the rule from here on out. Joe Biden will end up being prosecuted after he leaves office by Republican DAs somewhere if this sort of stuff continues. It's really bad. It truly is. Now, one, the, Trump basically has two backup cases. His defense is going to rely on a couple of things. Defense number one is going to be, I actually declassified everything, right? He, you've heard him say this before. I declassified, I have the power to declassify. Okay, now, that's a pretty weak case in the first place. Apparently, that's been blown up. CNN has apparently obtained a transcript of an audio recording in which Trump acknowledged on tape in a 2021 meeting that he had retained, quote unquote, secret military information that he had not declassified. Apparently, according to the transcript, Trump says, quote, as president, I could have declassified, but now I can't. And he's waving around a document supposedly in this tape. Now, again, it's CNN. It's anonymous sources. You have to take everything, not just with a grain of salt, with a giant block of salt, like an iceberg sized block of salt. But if that's the case, it kind of blows up the idea that uh, that Trump summarily declassified everything simply by taking it home. The transcript of the audio recording suggests that Trump is showing the document he's discussing to those in the room. Several sources have told CNN the recording captures the sound of paper rustling. And he apparently says, secret, this is secret information. Look, look at this. This was done by the military and given to me. Apparently, he was complaining in the meeting about the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley. 
He says, well, with Milley, let me see. I'll show you an example. He said, I wanted to attack Iran. Isn't that amazing? I have a big pile of papers. This thing just came up. Look, this was him. They presented me this. This is off the record, but they presented me this. This was him. This was the Department of Defense and him. We looked at some. This was him. It wasn't done by me. It was him. And then he says, wait a minute. Let's see here. I just found, isn't that amazing? This totally wins my case, you know, except it is like highly confidential. Secret. This is secret information. Look, look at this. And then he says, I could have declassified it while I was president, but I didn't. So the argument that he was making all along that he declassified this stuff, not true. But is that his real defense? Is his real defense that it, it was declassified? Or is the defense basically, listen, this is differential prosecution. We can all tell this is differential prosecution. Everyone can see this is differential prosecution. I mean, let's be real about this. Again, Hillary Clinton stored thousands of documents, like tens of thousands of documents on a private server in her home while she was secretary of state. Many of those documents were classified. Those documents were then bleach-bitted from her server. She used a code called bleach-bit in order to wipe them from her server when she realized that this might fall under investigation. And then those classified emails turned up, not in her home, they turned up on the computer of Anthony Weiner, the husband, the pervert husband of her aide, Huma Abedin. Which is why, of course, we had this bizarre two-step wherein James Comey originally announced he was not going to prosecute her. And then right before the election, he's like, oh, by the way, we just found a bunch of classified emails, so we're not sure what that means. And then a few days later, he's like, well, it's probably okay. You remember this. Here was James Comey circa 2016 announcing why he was not going to prosecute Hillary Clinton. And listen to the language he uses. Although there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding the handling of classified information, our judgment is that no reasonable prosecutor would bring such a case. Prosecutors necessarily weigh a number of factors before deciding whether to bring charges. There are obvious considerations like the strength of the evidence, especially regarding intent. Responsible decisions also consider the context of a person's actions and how similar situations have been handled in the past. Oh, how similar situations have been handled in the past. And he says, sure, there is evidence of potential violations of the statutes regarding how Hillary actually handled the documents. In fact, Comey admitted in that presser, he said, that there is a high likelihood that foreign eyes ended up on classified material because of Hillary Clinton. Is there a high likelihood that foreign materials ended up being seen by the Chinese or Russians because Donald Trump hid this stuff in like a closet at Mar-a-Lago? Is that a high likelihood? How exactly would you stack up the treatment of classified materials by Trump as opposed to by Hillary Clinton, where she specifically was not indicted by James Comey and the same people who are spending millions of dollars and thousands of man hours investigating nonsense like the Steele dossier going after Trump? If it seems like animus, that's because it is animus. In a second, we'll get to the fact that Joe Biden is still in the middle of an ongoing investigation with regard to classified documents. First, my team knows I need to have my Black Rifle coffee every morning. This is particularly true since we had our fourth child. Uh, he is a wonderful baby and he is very, very bad at the sleeping. And this means that when I get up in the morning after the army of the children has kept me up all night, that's what they call themselves, the army of the children, I have to have like two big cups of Black Rifle coffee. Black Rifle coffee literally fuels the Daily Wire and the show. Our office drinks about 40 pounds of their coffee Every week, 35 pounds of those a week are now me. If you have not tried Black Rifle Coffee yet, you need to. A great place to start is their Complete the Mission Fuel Sampler, giving you a taste of the entire spectrum of Black Rifle Coffee flavor profiles, offering four-ounce bags of the following roasts. The Silence are Smooth, the AK-47 Espresso, Beyond Black, and Just Black. The only hard part will be picking a favorite amongst these classic roasts. Black Rifle Coffee is a great company, veteran-founded, operated by principled men and women who honor those who protect, defend, and support our country. With every purchase you make, they give back. Stop running out of coffee. Sign up for a Coffee Club subscription to have Black Rifle Coffee delivered straight to your door on a schedule. 
Coffee Club subscribers receive their high-quality coffee at lower prices with free shipping. Plus, they get early access to exclusive deals and prices. Head on over to BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use promo code Shapiro at checkout for 10% off your order. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com. Use promo code Shapiro for 10% off. You can also find Black Rifle Coffee in grocery and convenience stores near you. Black Rifle Coffee is America's coffee. Okay, so here again is the thing. When it comes to Hillary Clinton, Hillary, like, deliberately wiped her server. Now, if you're talking about covering up obstruction of justice, you know, preventing the, the knowledge by law enforcement that you are covering up classified material. Hillary Clinton did all that. I mean, Trey Gowdy said as much back in 2016, August of 2016, Trey Gowdy said that Hillary Clinton used a special tool called BleachBit to prevent recovery of files. He said she and her lawyers had those emails deleted. Then just push the delete button. They had them deleted where even God can't read them. They used something called BleachBit. You don't use BleachBit for yoga emails or bridesmaids emails. When you're using BleachBit, it's something you really don't want the world to see. That obviously is true. Meanwhile, there is still an investigation into Joe Biden keeping thousands of classified documents apparently all over the place. Joe Biden leaves classified documents around the nation like Hunter Biden leaves illegitimate children. It's amazing. I mean, he just like leaves these documents lying around in his garage next to his Corvette and then pretends that he handled this right. You'll recall just a few months ago when Joe Biden was defending his handling of classified documents said, well, I did keep them in a locked garage. Okay, I'm going to need an explanation as to why your locked garage in Wilmington, Delaware is significantly safer than Donald Trump's locked closet at Mar-a-Lago. Classified material next to your Corvette. What were you thinking? Let me, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. So but at any rate. Yes, as well as my Corvette. Oh, well, that, that, that obviously is, um, is a great defense there by Joe Biden. By the way, the case is still ongoing. According to NBC News, the federal investigation into President Joe Biden's handling of classified documents shows few signs of an imminent conclusion, even as the probes into former VP Mike Pence and former President Donald Trump have reached or appear to be reaching the end, according to three people familiar with the matter. Biden's advisors have determined he would provide an interview to the special counsel investigating his handling of the classified documents once Biden's legal team and the DOJ agree on the conditions. But Biden has yet to be interviewed, suggesting that the investigation is not yet nearing a close. Interviewing the person at the center of an investigation is typically among the final actions before a probe is completed. A spokesperson for Biden's personal attorney, Bob Bauer, declined to comment at this point. So, again, Joe Biden was hiding documents, or at least he had these documents that were all over the damn place. So is Donald Trump being prosecuted on the basis of doing something extraordinary, like extraordinarily different from Hillary Clinton, for example? The answer, of course, is no. He's doing something very similar to what Hillary Clinton did. It sounds like, except he didn't actually wipe the documents the way that Hillary Clinton did. And he is a presidential candidate, the same way that Hillary Clinton was a presidential candidate. And they decided they didn't want to intervene with Hillary because she was a presidential candidate, but they are perfectly willing to intervene with Donald Trump. Now, politically speaking, does it help Trump? Every time Trump is targeted, it helps Trump in a Republican primary. Now, again, is that going two things can be true at once? One, Trump is being unfairly targeted. This is a malign use of law enforcement. There is no way in hell that they would be doing this. Donald Trump or Democrat, just no way in hell. And we all know it. And that's perverse. And it undermines the credibility of law enforcement, the DOJ, the FBI. These institutions are at low ebb in terms of credibility among Americans. And there is a reason for this. It's incredibly dangerous what they're doing right here. They've now broken the glass. The Manhattan DA broke it on the state level. Breaking it on the federal level is a completely different ball of wax. Breaking it on the state level is bad enough. 
But there are lots of states with various political opinions. And so, you know, you take it always with like, eh, you know, okay, fine. So Alvin Bragg's a Democrat and he's prosecuting Trump in New York, whatever. When the federal government does it and the federal government can reach you in your home. And the Manhattan DA can't reach you in Alabama, really. It's the Manhattan DA. Like, what's he going to do? Come to Alabama and grab you? I mean, theoretically, he could try to extradite you or something. But like, let's be real about this. We all understand what a politically motivated prosecution by a liberal prosecutor looks like in Manhattan. That is not the same thing as an institution that requires all, like, I don't have a lot of trust in the New York government, but you have to have a certain baseline level of trust in the American government since you pay taxes to it and you are subject to its legal requirements on a a day-to-day level. When the DOJ and the FBI are obviously weaponizing themselves against Trump in this way, it's a serious problem for American democracy. And that means that Republicans are rushing to Trump's defense. And they should rush to Trump's defense on this because obviously this is weaponization against Trump. To turn that, however, into a referendum on his electability is, you know, another question. And what I'm seeing right now is a conflation on the right side of the aisle between, well, we're really pissed about this, which means we should nominate him. Well, I mean, really pissed about it, yes. We should nominate him. You might want to think about whether independents are more likely to vote for him because he was just indicted by the DOJ. Like, is that something that is more likely to win him the election? I'm seeing a lot of analysis today from people on the right. Like, well, this is going to drive him back to the presidency. Well, no, it's going to drive him back to the Republican nomination. But the chances that it's going to flip, like, five, six, seven million voters back to Trump because the DOJ is going after him on the classified documents matter ignores all of the polling data showing that independents by and large are fine with the prosecution, not because they care about the prosecution per se, but because they don't like Trump very much. That is a problem. So two things can be true at once. One, we should all defend Trump on a legal level. We should all say that what the DOJ is doing is gross abuse of power because it clearly is. What the FBI is doing here is gross abuse of power because it clearly is. And then we should seek to elect a person who's going to clean that out. And to elect that person, they have to win. And so the question becomes, who is most likely to win? Again, just because your passion is up for Trump, I get it. My passion is up for Trump, too. I get the emotional appeal. Does that mean that Trump is likely to win a general election more likely now than he was yesterday? I don't really see the reason why. Again, I think this notion that that the American public is going to react in absolute outrage against Joe Biden and therefore going to throw Biden out of office in favor of Trump. I think we're a very polarized political climate here in the United States and independents don't really like either of those people. But by polling data, they actually have more of a problem with Trump than they do with Biden at this point. And so unless that radically shifts, that is something that Republican voters should take into their calculation when it comes to voting for the Republican nominee. But again, that's a separate question than the really deeper issue here, which is this is banana Republican kind of crap. I mean, it really is. The DOJ going after Trump for precisely the thing Hillary Clinton did is supremely corrupt. Really corrupt. Now, Joe, it's so corrupt that Joe Biden actually yesterday had to uh, disavow having any involvement. He said, I never suggested what the DOJ should do. Well, nobody said that you suggested what the DOJ should do, but it's, it's your attorney general, Merrick Garland, who's presiding over all of this. And Jack Smith, his, 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 his appointed special counsel. Because you notice I have never once, not one single time, suggested to the Justice Department what they should do or not do relative to bringing a charge or not bringing a charge. I'm honest. Oh, he's, he's honest, guys. He assures you that he's honest. Now, let's talk about Joe Biden's honesty. The same day this indictment came down for Trump, there are now pretty significant accusations that Joe Biden was actually paid bribe money by a Burisma executive as part of a bribery scheme, according to an FBI document. Fox News is now reporting that Biden was allegedly paid five million bucks by an executive of Ukrainian natural gas firm Burisma Holdings, where his son Hunter sat on the board. A confidential human source told the FBI during a June 2020 interview, according to sources familiar. 
The sources briefed Fox News Digital on the contents of the FBI-generated FD-1023 form alleging a criminal bribery scheme between then-VP Joe Biden and a foreign national that involved influence over U.S. policy decisions. That form, dated June 30th, 2020, is the FBI's interview with a highly credible confidential source who detailed multiple meetings and conversations he or she had with a top Burisma executive over the course of several years starting in 2015. Fox News Digital has not seen the form. It was described by several sources who are aware of its contents. An FD-1023 is a form used by FBI agents to record unverified reporting from confidential human sources. So it's good enough for the Steele dossier, obviously. The form is used to document information as told to an FBI agent. That doesn't mean that it's been validated or that it's been fully weighed at this point. But the accusation in the FD-23 says that the Burisma executive discussed Hunter Biden's role on the board. You'll remember that Hunter Biden was being paid an extraordinary amount of money, like 50,000 bucks a month or something, in order to be a consultant for Burisma, given Hunter Biden's extensive expertise in natural gas and Ukraine. That's a joke. He has no expertise in either of those things. He has, he has expertise in crack cocaine and, and nailing hookers. That, that, that is his actual area of expertise, Hunter Biden. Um, but apparently that was good enough to get on the Burisma board. Why? Well, because daddy was the VP at the time. And there, were, there have been accusations going on. I mean, this is what underlay, you'll recall, the first impeachment of President Trump. President Trump went to Vladimir Zelensky, the head of Ukraine, this is well before the Russian invasion, obviously. And he uh, and he asked him essentially to look into accusations that Burisma was attempting a payoff to Joe Biden. And that in return for the payoff, Joe Biden was going to fire some prosecutor who was looking at Burisma or pressure a prosecutor to be fired in Ukraine who was looking into Burisma. That's been the longstanding accusation against Joe Biden. The confidential human source questioned why the Burisma executive needed his or her advice in acquiring access to U.S. oil if he had Hunter Biden on the board. The Burisma executive answered by referring to Hunter Biden as dumb. Well, I mean, so far we know that 1023 is accurate. Hunter Biden is one of the stupider humans walking the earth at this point, despite apparently his massive artistic talent for money laundering, perhaps. The Burisma executive explained to the confidential source that Burisma, quote, had to pay the Bidens because Ukrainian prosecutor Viktor Shokin was investigating Burisma and explained how difficult it would be to enter the U.S. market in the midst of that investigation. The confidential source further detailed the conversation, suggesting to the Burisma executive that he pay the Bidens 50 grand each, to which the Burisma executive replied, it's not 50 grand, it's $5 million. $5 million for one Biden, $5 million for the other Biden. Apparently, the document makes reference to the big guy, which is said to be a reference to Joe Biden. Burisma executive told the confidential source he didn't, quote, pay the big guy directly. Now, you'll recall that language is highly reminiscent of language that was used in documents between Hunter Biden and Chinese investors talking about the split of money to the big guy in another investment. And the question always was, who was the big guy? Is that big guy Joe Biden? You'll recall that also Joe Biden openly bragged about getting Victor Shokin fired. At the time Shokin was investigating Burisma, Hunter had a highly lucrative role on the board the then-VP threatened to withhold a billion dollars of critical U.S. aid if Shokin was not fired. Remember, Donald Trump was impeached for attaching, supposedly attaching strings to Ukrainian aid based on their investigation of Burisma. And now it appears that Joe Biden, according to these allegations, basically did the same thing, but was taking actual bribery money in, uh, in coordination with it. So will this be real? Will it end up being real? Unclear at this point, but those allegations are now out there openly in the public. Representative Byron Donalds, who has actually seen the document, he's a Republican from Florida, he says money was being moved through accounts to get to Joe Biden. This document also stipulates that, according to the confidential human source, that money was being moved through several accounts, multiple accounts, to get to Joe Biden. I'm going to say it again. Money was moved on purpose through multiple accounts 
to get to Joe Biden. Hmm. Well, um, if that's true, then um, that guy's going to get impeached. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene has seen the same document. She makes similar accusations. Back in 2015-2016, Burisma was looking to buy uh, a U.S.-based oil and gas company. And this came from being advised by Hunter Biden and his partners. Um, Biden had told, Biden said Shokin was corrupt. That was around the time of this meeting was when Joe Biden as vice president had said that the prosecutor Shokin was corrupt. They hired Hunter on the board to make the problems go away. That's what they specifically said. Um, the owner of Burisma said that Hunter was stupid and that his other business partner was smart. He also said that he paid $5 million to one Biden and he paid $5 million to another Biden. And it was all a bribery to get Shokin fired and end the investigation into Burisma. Now, that is what the, the Ukrainian source apparently said. Fox News has another report from one of its reporters saying that the document doesn't actually say that Biden received any money. They just tried to pay the money. So it's unclear whether the money was actually received or how it was actually passed. Joe Biden was asked about this and he's like, well, I'm not going to answer any questions except to just say, where's the money? So here's Fox News reporting that the money, it's, the document doesn't suggest that it actually passed hands or anything. Here's Fox News. Time members of the House Oversight Committee were able to view the FBI 1023 document. Republicans contend the document points to a legal problem for the president. There is no doubt in my mind that Joe Biden is guilty of bribery, 100 percent. I mean, um, there was two separate transactions, one that went to Joe Biden for five million and one that went to Hunter Biden for five million dollars. So, I mean, if that's not grounds for criminal activity, I don't know what is. About a dozen GOP members viewed the document in a classified setting at the Capitol. But a source familiar with the document tells Fox, quote, the document does not say Joe Biden received any payments. That was Biden's response as well. He says, where's the money? Here he was responding. Congresswoman Nancy Mace says there's damning evidence in the FBI file that you sold out the country. Do you have a response to congressional Republicans? Where's the money? I'm joking. Mr. President, Mr. President, I'm joking. Weird response, dude. Where's the money? That is a, that is a weird response. Normally when somebody accuses me of bribery, I get, I get pissed because not true. I don't go like, where's the money? I mean, maybe the money is in all of those houses you now own and your massive income. Or maybe you specifically structured many, many companies, which is the allegation in order to pass the money. I mean, I assume that we will find out, will we not? Okay, in just one second, we'll get to Joe Biden's attempt to push forward radical policy in the middle of a corruption investigation into him first. Look at your house. Yeah, you've been upgrading it, making it look better. You redid the floors, you repainted the place, but there's still something wrong. You know what that thing that's wrong is? The way the light flows into your house. So, you know, every time we've purchased a house, one of the big things for me is natural light. I need natural light, and I like the way that the light flows into the house. This is why I rely on Blinds.com. Blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings with over 40,000 five-star reviews. You can measure and install it yourself or have Blinds.com take care of it with local professionals. There's no showroom, no retail markets, no matter how many you order, installation is just one low cost. If you don't have an eye for design, Blinds.com experts are always available to help choose the style and color that's right for you. Everything they sell is covered by their perfect fit and 100% satisfaction guarantee. With hundreds of styles and colors to choose from, Blinds.com is sure to have the perfect treatment 
for your windows. Shop Blinds.com right now. Save 40% off select products. That's 40% off select products right now at Blinds.com. When you check out online, don't forget to tell them you heard about Blinds.com from the Ben Shapiro Show. Rules and restrictions may apply. Again, that's Blinds.com and let them know you heard about us on the show. It helps us and it helps them as well. Blinds.com. Save 40% off select products. Also, folks, it's not too late to show your appreciation and gratitude for your dad, making the bold choice to remain, you know, your dad and not your mom. I know things are weird these days, but if you want to thank dad for that, then I have quite the gift for you. Behold, Jeremy's razors. Yes. Today is the last chance to order in time for Father's Day. Save on select bundles and razor starter kits. that are 100% woke free. Unashamed to celebrate masculinity. This Father's Day, don't just give him any gift. Give him Jeremy's razors. It's the gift that says, thank you, dad, for being and staying a dude. Head on over to jeremysrazors.com today. Also, this Sunday, we have another Sunday special starring James Lindsay. James Lindsay is, of course, the anti-woke warrior, originally responsible for a series of fake papers that were placed in a bunch of peer-reviewed publications about fat-positive bodybuilding and whether dog culture, dog park culture was rapey. Well, then James went on to expose pretty much all of academia in a series of books. He's now exposing the Marxification of American education. It's a fascinating episode of the Sunday special. Here's a little bit of what it sounds like. Critical theory is not a bunch of ideas. It is a cult. It is, critical pedagogy is cult indoctrination. There's no other way to see it. We're worried about K through 12. This is a very different situation. These are children. Children do not think the same way as adults. You may forget that when you get older, but they don't. They have an authority figure telling them these things. We're not operating in a field of you know open debate. The marketplace of ideas doesn't exist for seven-year-olds. It just doesn't. Go check it out on Sunday. It will be available. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe to see the whole thing. You'll also be able to listen to it over at our normal feed. Well, meanwhile, as Joe Biden is apparently, you know, all these documents are being redacted. We haven't seen any of these documents yet. As Joe Biden is being accused of open corruption while he was vice president of the United States, he's continuing to foster radical gender ideology. So, of course, it is Pride Month, the most prideful of all the months. I mean, can I cannot wait for Greed Month. Lust month, I think, is Pride Month. I think they're kind of the same month. There, there's a lot of crossover in particular on some of these deadly sins. But in any case, Pride Month, Joe Biden was asked about the transing of the children. And he says it's hysterical and prejudiced not to be in favor of the transing of the children, says Joe Biden. Recently, I spoke to the parents of a transgender girl in Texas who told me that they're afraid and that dude. they're considering le leaving not just their state, but the country. Sir, why do you think this is happening? And what do you say to parents like the ones that I spoke to, to those families who are contemplating leaving the country because they don't feel safe anymore? Look, uh, as president, I was proud to end the ban on transgender troops in our military, sign the Respect for Marriage Act, strengthen the civil rights protections for LBG LBGT Americans, and advance LGBT human rights around the globe. But our fight is far, far from over because we have some hysterical and, I would argue, prejudiced people who are engaged in all what you see going on around the country. It's hysterical and prejudiced not to cut the off kids. Hysterical, prejudiced, must create fake flesh penises for young girls. Otherwise, America is not... Is this what George Washington would have wanted? This is, <laughs> this is the Biden administration. By the way, Joe Biden has now appointed an anti-book ban coordinator 
as part of the new LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign protections that he has signed into law via executive order. So first of all, let us make clear that uh, the left likes to ban books an awful lot. There are a lot of books that have been banned across the nation, particularly in left-wing areas. Those books tend to be things like To Kill a Mockingbird. But the the, the book bans that, that Joe Biden is talking about is that school libraries are not including genderqueer for four-year-olds. Well, what he really wants is for your local second grader to be able to walk into a school library and see graphic cartoon depictions of anal sex. That's that's really what Joe Biden wants. I, I noticed that everybody on the left who constantly talks about these books bannings, they, they're unwilling to actually read out loud the books that they think should not be prevented from being disseminated at school libraries. Also, the book bannings don't involve prevention of the sale or dissemination of this material in the state or in the city. They just say that they shouldn't be publicly available at school libraries for children, which is not exactly a book ban. Okay, but Joe Biden, he's now launching. He, Joe Biden is he is the greatest advocate of freedom of speech. Is Joe Biden? He only wants to enshrine in law that you're not allowed to disagree with him on on issues like this one because you are obviously prejudiced and handicapped. But he's so in favor of free speech, so in favor of free speech. So I challenge somebody from the Biden administration to get up and read out loud on camera while showing the pictures, gender queer, and explain why that should be available to nine year olds or fifteen year olds for that matter at public expense. I'm going to need an explanation. They're never going to do this. You wonder why, what, what effect this is happening? Well, I'll tell you what, the, what effect this is happening. Social conservatism in the United States is now at the highest level that it has been since 2012. So social conservatism is actually on the rise, a very significant rise. In 2021, only about 30% of Americans said that they were socially conservative. That number is now up to 38%, which is a very statistically significant increase. I wonder why. Could it be that you guys have pushed too far in your crazy? In fact, there is a new poll from Axios that surveyed people of different religions, share of U.S. adults who say they would be comfortable learning that a friend uses gender-neutral pronouns by select religion. So first of all, let me point out, there's not a single religious denomination in America where a majority of people say they would be comfortable learning that a friend is using gender-neutral pronouns, not one. But it does vary widely according to religion. The people who are apparently most okay with a friend using gender-neutral pronouns are people who say they are Jewish. I find this particularly galling because whenever there's a poll of quote-unquote Jewish people, what they mean are people who are ethnically Jewish but have never been inside a synagogue or attend once a year so they can hear a guitar and see a Pride Progress flag and then leave for brunch on Yom Kippur. If you survey Orthodox Jews, they're going to be the most conservative of any of these groups. It's going to be 0%, 2%, 3%, right? Very, very small numbers. But Other religious denominations, only 20% of white evangelical Protestants say they'd be comfortable learning a friend uses gender-neutral pronouns. Only 26% of Hispanic Protestants overall say they'd be comfortable with this. Only 35% of black Protestants say they would be comfortable with this. Only 34% of Hispanic Catholics say they would be comfortable with this. And the left pushed too far, too fast on all of this stuff. And they're going to continue pushing and the backlash is going to come. By the way, it's going to completely undermine us, not just in terms of domestic comedy, but also in terms of foreign policy. The dumbest tweet maybe I have ever seen came courtesy of the morons at the social media team of the CIA. Remember, the CIA, these are supposed to be, according to the TVs, the all-powerful, all-knowing geniuses who keep us safe. Um, they put out a tweet. I, it's, it's hard to describe how stupid this tweet is. It is a picture of the CIA headquarters and it has the word, it's colored rainbow and it says pride, but the I in pride is then used as sort of a a crossword puzzle, CIA. So CIA is vertical and pride is horizontal here. Okay, because the CIA is all about pride. CIA's 2020 theme for Pride Month. First of all, they have themes for Pride Month. I thought that was the theme, but apparently they have like special themes. It's welcome me. Oh my God. Because the CIA is all about welcoming you. 
to a black site where we torture, is welcome me. Nothing says individualism like the CIA. It's where you come to express your gender identity is the CIA. It's where you come, like you're capturing terrorists and torturing them in uh, in sites in Morocco. That That is, that's also a great place to express your gender identity. What is their theme? Wellness, equity, LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign, community, openness, me. So first of all, I love that our culture celebrates me openly, like as in like the individual. What a self, self-centered, narcissistic, idiotic culture and government we have. Pride Month is an occasion for all of us at the agency to pay tribute to the rich history community and mission contributions of our LGBTQ plus minus divided by sign officers. Ah, is it? Yes, let's look into the history of this at the CIA. It's been glorious, guys. Gone amazing. Also, is there a better way to undermine our ability to gather intelligence in lands abroad than pushing this crap? Seriously. Just wondering, like, you, you want to get a Pakistani source, a confidential Pakistani source, to tell you about an upcoming terror attack or a plan to secure some sort of territory against the allies of the United States. So you go to that Pakistani Muslim and you're like, here I am. My name is Sam Britton. I work for the CIA. And sure, I'm a dude wearing a dress. Tell me all about your terrorist friend. Again, this is all for domestic consumption. The CIA doesn't promote this abroad. And if they did, it would completely undermine our ability to gather intelligence under all auspices because that's how stupid we are. This is not the CIA's job. In fact, this isn't the government's job at all. But, you know, our government doesn't know its job. Our government is not even good at its job. Our government's job is apparently to prosecute President Trump like full brunt of the law and to promote pride progress flags with the CIA abroad. Man, we're in great shape over here. Okay, in just one second, we are going to get to a Supreme Court ruling uh, that was a win for the left, because as it turns out, some of these justices are not, in fact, supremely on the right. First, this Father's Day, let your dad unleash his inner grill master. Whether he prefers a sizzling steak or savory grilled chicken, look no further than the gift of meat from our friends over at Good Ranchers. Good Ranchers offers ribeyes, New York strips, T-bones, all-natural burgers, and all the most delicious chicken you could ever want. Plus, right now, you get 30 bucks off with our code BEN at GoodRanchers.com. Good Ranchers also offers a price lock guarantee for the next couple of years. Imagine if you could have locked in your price two years ago, you would have saved hundreds of bucks. Not sure how to grill the perfect steak? Well, they have tons of recipes on their website, like our favorite, how to cook a steak better than Gordon Ramsay. Whether your dad is a steak lover, a barbecue enthusiast, or just enjoys a good old-fashioned burger, Good Ranchers has something for everyone. Order today, make this Father's Day a sizzling success. Head on over to GoodRanchers.com, use our code BEN for 30 bucks off any box. That's promo code BEN at GoodRanchers.com. Dot com. Again, GoodRanchers.com is American Meat Delivered. I know that their meat is amazing because they made me a kosher steak one time. It was amazing. Again, head on over to GoodRanchers.com, American Meat Delivered, and use promo code BEN at GoodRanchers.com to get 30 bucks off any box. It's an amazing Father's Day gift. It's also a great gift for yourself. Again, GoodRanchers.com, promo code BEN. Okay, meanwhile, the Supreme Court is good again, guys. This is how it works. When the left gets a win, then the Supreme Court becomes good. When the left loses at the Supreme Court, then it's an evil right-wing outlet filled with evil people. Well, the left got a win when the Supreme Court ruled in favor of black Alabama voters in a defense of the Voting Rights Act. That's the way the AP puts it. It's not a defense of the Voting Rights Act, essentially. It is just a misreading of the Voting Rights Act. So basically, the case was that there was a congressional redistricting in Alabama. And black voters in Alabama suggested there should have been two majority black districts in the, in the state of Alabama as opposed to one. Now, gerrymandering how you draw these districts, it's really questionable. It's very difficult to draw districts that are, quote unquote, objectively fair. Because after all, you have houses on the same street that are divided by like congressional lines. And if you look at how New York tried to draw its maps, 
It, it kind of snaked around certain areas. People have been making fun of the design of congressional districts for literally years. And the corrective to that is that you elect it from people to the state legislature and they shift the gerrymander. This happens literally all the time. In Alabama, there is no evidence that there was racial animus at work when the state of Alabama actually drew its lines. And in fact, the only way to come to the conclusion that the state of Alabama did something illegal is to suggest that the proportion of a population racially must be represented by that proportion in Congress. Well, that's strange. It's a weird case to make. First of all, it's racially discriminatory because you're not supposed to divide people by race. No one would ever make the argument that because about 30%, 35%, 40% of Californians vote for Republicans, 40% of all representatives from California have to be Republican. Right? Nobody's ever made that case. Nobody's ever argued that the congressional representation from Massachusetts needs to represent the NRA members. Right? There, are, there are a few hundred thousand NRA members in Massachusetts. Well, they have to have their own congressional seat. Like no one actually thinks about congressional districts this way. It's a, it's a simple game of political power. It always has been. Unless you are blatantly preventing people from voting, you're not in violation of the Voting Rights Act. But essentially, it was argued that because there was one congressional district that was majority black and there should have been two congressional districts that were majority black, then this must have been a violation of the Voting Rights Act. And the Supreme Court decided in favor of that proposition, which is really weird and strange. So the voting majority was John Roberts, of course, of course. Again, I'm the only conservative in America who opposed John Roberts for the Supreme Court when he was first selected. And Justice Brett Kavanaugh. And again, I was very lukewarm on Kavanaugh. Even before the left attacked him over, but honestly, once the left attacked him on bullcrap rape charges, it became clear that he had to be confirmed just to stop the left from winning on, on trumping up nonsense. But I was never a big fan of Kavanaugh. I never thought that Kavanaugh was going to be like the great shakes on the Supreme Court. But both of them voted along with the three members of the left to overturn the gerrymandering in the state of Alabama. The other four conservative justices dissented on Thursday. Justice Clarence Thomas has a pretty brilliant dissent. Again, I, I'm a huge Justice Thomas fan. I think that Justice Thomas is the best justice on the Supreme Court, and he even was when Justice Scalia was alive. He's the most consistent. He, he's the person who's the most clear in his analysis. So he says, this case is not close. The plaintiffs did not prove that Alabama's districting plan imposes or applies any voting qualification or prerequisite to voting or standard practice or procedure that affects a denial or abridgment of the right to vote on account of race or color. In other words, they didn't stop black people from voting. They didn't attempt to abridge black people from voting, nor did they prove that Alabama's congressional districts are not equally open to participation by black Alabamians. The plaintiffs did not even prove it's possible to achieve two majority black districts without resorting to a racial gerrymander. In other words, he's saying you actually have to purely gerrymander on the basis of race, which is illegal under the 14th Amendment. In order to get to the conclusion the court came to here, that the Voting Rights Act requires two black Congress people, essentially, you actually have to look at race, which is illegal. So if the Voting Rights Act means that you now have to look at the racial composition of a particular state and decide that a state that is 11% Hispanic has to have 11% majority Hispanic district, that's illegal. You're not allowed to do that under the 14th Amendment. It would make the Voting Rights Act illegal itself if that's the way you interpreted it. The most they can be of sedulous shown is that sophisticated map makers can proportionally allocate Alabama's congressional districts based on race in a way that exceeds the federal judiciary's ability to recognize as a racial gerrymander with the naked eye, says Justice Thomas. The district court held that this showing, plus racially polarized voting and its gestalt view of Alabama's racial climate, was enough to require the state's redistricting plan on the basis of race. If that is the benchmark for vote dilution under Section 2 of the Voting Rights Act, Section 2 is nothing more than a racial entitlement to roughly proportional control of elected offices limited only by feasibility wherever different racial groups consistently prefer different candidates. If that is what Section 2 means, the court should hold it's unconstitutional. 
If that's not what it means, but Section 2 applies to districting, the court should hold that vote dilution challenges require a race-neutral benchmark that bears no resemblance to unconstitutional racial registers. In other words, you have to come up with another way of drawing districts that is not reliant on racial representation. You have to say, for example, that this is specifically drawn to only maximize Republican districts at the expense of Democratic districts, right? It's politically drawn and therefore prevents equal protection of the laws or some such. But the attempt to draw this on racial lines actually violates the Constitution of the United States. He cites a case that he that he wrote a dissent in back in back 29 years ago, quote, in my view, our current practice should not continue, not for another term, not until the next case, not for another day. The disastrous implications of the policies we have adopted under the act are too grave. The dissembling in our approach to the act too damaging to the credibility of the federal judiciary. The inherent tension, indeed, I'd call it an irreconcilable conflict between the standards we have adopted for evaluating vote dilution claims and the text of the Voting Rights Act would itself be sufficient, in my view, to warrant overruling the interpretation of Section 2 set out in another case called Gingles. When that obvious conflict is combined with the destructive effects our expansive reading of the act has had in involving the federal judiciary in the project dividing the nation into racially segregated electoral districts, I can see no reasonable alternative to abandoning our current unfortunate understanding of the act. And of course, Justice Thomas is exactly correct about this. The predictable result of all of this is that the the congressional districts at issue will be redrawn and a bunch of probable Republican districts end up in the Democratic line or at least end up as toss ups. And of course, Democrats are immediately claiming that it was because of the gerrymander that Republicans won the congressional majority. Not it's because Republicans won a majority of the vote in the last electoral cycle. That, that is the reason. It's not actually because of gerrymandering. The amount of time that we spend in this country worrying about gerrymandering is um, wildly disproportionate to the amount of um, evil actually done by gerrymandering in the United States as, as a whole. Any gerrymandering that's attempted in New York is generally canceled out by gerrymandering in Alabama and vice versa. Okay, time for a thing that I like. Okay, so the thing that I like today is we are now finding out some facts about what exactly happened with regard to... Um, with regard to this Canadian fire. So we were told that it was global warming. Global warming is responsible for everything. Global warming just lights fires in random places and generates enormous clouds of smoke that hover over New York City. Well, uh, now it turns out that probably it was arson. According to the Toronto Sun, they've learned that Quebec police are investigating the possibility that the smoke creating poor air quality in southern Ontario and making downtown skylines disappear may have been the result of arson. There's an investigation because the cause is suspect, said Certe de Quebec media officer Huge Bielio. I'm going to screw that name up. This narrative has not made as many headlines. It's polar opposite to what members of the left have been saying, which is, of course, that it is all about climate change and climate crisis and all of the rest. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's close friend and former principal secretary, Gerald Butts, tweeted, quote, the fires are worse because of the conditions in the forest. The conditions are caused by climate change. Uh, well, actually, the conditions are caused by the fact that you didn't clear any of the brush. And now it turns out that some dude probably just set the fire on purpose. So um, there is that which we've seen before in places like California. But again, never let the facts get in the way of a good story if you are on the left. Okay, time for some things that I hate. Uh, remember that time that everybody was supposed to get the J&J shot, the COVID vaccine? Because the FDA issued emergency use authorization. We were told that it was perfectly fine. Well, now the FDA has revoked its authorization for J&J. Not before um, many millions of people got the J&J shot, as of year three of the COVID pandemic, nearly 231 million Americans have received either one J&J shot or two doses of an mRNA vaccine from Pfizer or Moderna. So most people got Pfizer or Moderna, but J&J, uh, that was responsible for tens of millions of doses. 
Apparently, with a renewed wave of demand for J&J's single-dose vaccine, highly unlikely, the pharmaceutical company opted to step away from the COVID vaccine field entirely. J&J told the FDA would not update formulations of its shot to confront emerging strains better. That is what Moderna and Pfizer did instead. So the FDA said it because, because the FDA understands that the ownership company has requested that FDA withdraw the emergency use authorization for J&J. FDA has determined it is appropriate to protect the public health or safety to revoke this authorization. About 19 million shots were administered to people via J&J. So again, emergency use authorization was just that. And the fact that people lied about it and then they misinformed the government. You know, again, if the FDA is supposed to protect you from this sort of stuff and then they tell everybody else, including people like me, that it's safe and effective. And then you say it's safe and effective. You were lied to. The FDA lied to people and now they're revoking their emergency use authorization. Just amazing, amazing stuff. Okay, one more thing that I hate today. So Elliot Page, right, who was Ellen Page, is a woman. She's a woman. She always was a woman. Well, now we are finding out the full story of how Elliot Page discovered that she was a he. And it just demonstrates full scale how horrifying the trans movement is because Elliot Page, nay Ellen Page, um, is a very disturbed individual. This is a person who has serious problems. In an expose, the LA Times' Amy Kaufman reports that at the height of the COVID-19 crisis, this is according to Bounding Into Comics, Page went to a cabin in a Canadian forest by herself and, quote, started to crack. Kaufman revealed this crack turned into full-blown self-harm as Page tried to knock herself out took her knuckles to her face and pounded over and over until bruises formed. The self-harm was reportedly done because of all of the self-hatred she'd been pushing down for years, the discomfort she felt in her body, the anger toward those who had told her to repress her identity. But then she heard a voice saying, you don't have to feel this way. Paige explained it was as if something in my brain turned around. The agonizing voice saying, no, you're not. No, just can't switch, switch and became very gentle and loving. Oh, maybe I'm trans. Why don't I explore that? Within weeks, Page scheduled a video consultation with the doctor to discuss self-mutilation. Page and the doctor scheduled the mutilation procedure with November 2020. Page paid 12 grand to a Canadian clinic. On December 1st, 2020, Page claimed that uh, now she was a he. So um, this is apparently her bashing herself in the head. Apparently, she had started restricting calories, smashing her head with a hairbrush, cutting her shoulder with a knife, and attempting to impale herself on a bed frame at 16 years old. She was self-harming at 16. And then apparently she was propositioned by a director and sexually assaulted by a grip. And then apparently she was also sexually assaulted by a crew member. And she was propositioned by a member of the film staff of Hard Candy. So after bashing herself in the face with her fists and then hearing voices, she decided she was trans. Yes, clearly the, clearly the solution to this mental health problem is to carve a fake flesh penis and sew it to yourself and cut out your healthy breast tissue. Clearly, that's the answer. If the problem is with the breast tissue and with, uh, and with the vagina, the problem is not obviously with any sort of mental health issue here. Perversity. All right, guys, the rest of the show continues right now. You're not going to want to miss it. We'll be joined on the line by Jim Caviezel and Tim Ballard. Tim spent more than a decade working as a special agent for DHS. It was his job to police child sex tourism and stop it. Jim plays him in a new movie called Sound of Freedom. If you're not a member, become a member. Use code Shapiro. Check out for two months free on all annual plans. Click that link in the description and join us. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, 
Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 